In Matthew 4.19, Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Join us in this conversation as we discuss following Jesus, leadership, and doing life with others. Welcome to the 419 Disciple Makers Podcast. Hi, everybody. This is Mark Danzi, your host for the 419 Disciple Makers Podcast. I hope you're doing well today as you're listening to this, uh, wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Uh, You're going to be blessed because we have Clark Miller with us this morning. Hello, Clark. Hi, Mark. How are you? Well, we are doing fine. We're still in the middle of a global pandemic, uh, quarantined to our homes. I know that you're quarantined to your house here near Atlanta, Georgia, and and, uh, so just grateful that you could come on and be with us today. Glad to. I interrupted a lot of work uh, on the house and (laughs) in my ministry, Uh, but uh, (laughs) glad to share some time with you, Mark. Well, I know you're a handyman. Uh, I know you're a minister. You work for a great organization called Man in the Mirror. And uh, I want you to tell us a little bit about that as well. Um, and I know you're a handyman. You're an accomplished bull rider. Uh, well, maybe not the bull rider part, but I know you are. You're handy. So uh, tell us a little bit before you get into your kind of your story, uh, a little bit about Man in the Mirror and what you guys do over there. Gosh, Man in the Mirror is about 35 years old. Started with a uh, fellow named Pat Morley, who uh, was just searching for somebody to disciple them. And uh, he has accepted Christ and uh, couldn't find anybody. So he wrote down uh, the 24 issues that, air quote, other men face (laughs) and started looking at Scripture and saying, uh, what does Scripture have to say about this? And one of his friends, Bill Bright, uh, encouraged him to start a Bible study. So he did. He started it in a bar. And uh, it outgrew good Bible studies start in a bar, don't they? Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, It outgrew that and went to the Civic Center down in Winter Park, Florida. And uh, it's been going on for 35 years. Every Friday morning with uh, between 100 to 150 guys. Uh, Interesting thing, uh, Mark, is they download now or they record it. And there are over 10,000 downloads of that Bible study a week now. Wow. All around the globe. So it's uh, the largest, longest lasting Bible study that we know of. How Uh, about that? So um, where we come in, uh, instead of going, everybody inviting to come down to Orlando, being invited, uh, they said, well, we can do it better. We can send guys out and work with their local churches. So in 2012, they started the Area Director Initiative. And uh, that's where I became acquainted with uh, Man in the Mirror. Okay. Not became, but that's where I uh, hitched my wagon to, mm-hmm. and uh, been working with uh, Man in the Mirror for eight years now. Uh, Wonderful. You got a small territory, if I recall. It's just from well, uh, Michigan yeah. to Florida. Is that right? Michigan to Florida, from the Atlantic to Arkansas. Yeah, small territory. <laughs> small territory. At uh, five years ago, I became a regional director, uh, and that is my region now, and okay. all the uh, area directors and churches in that inside that region and if i understand right your goal is to help men churches uh to really disciple figure out ways to disciple men is that right yeah we we try to create a pathway help churches and, and we don't have a canned uh, approach uh, mm-hmm. but we try to create a pathway for every church to disciple every man now we have every a, a church process. to disciple every man i like that yeah, and, and the parentheses are every willing church to disciple every willing man. But um, we have a process called No Man Left Behind, and it's a, a kind of a foundational model that we, we look saying, okay, there's some principles that need to be in place. And then uh, if you recognize the five different types of men, and then how to best propel men from the, I call them the ain'ts to the saints, uh, <laughs> from the pre-Christian to the uh, disciple, the follower of Christ. That's great. 
Well, I know that's um, uh, inspiring work for you, and I'm sure you've got a million stories about life change that you could share with us. We're most interested in your life change, though, and wanted to hear a little bit about uh, you, if you would, your story, how you came to Christ. And so um, were you born in the front row of a church pew somewhere in Ohio? or uh... Uh, Absolutely not. I was born <laughs> in, um, in Bethesda, Maryland. Uh, that was the Naval Hospital. My dad uh, was a civilian but worked for the Navy and uh, spent most of my time in Silver Spring, Maryland uh, growing up. Uh, my dad was the uh, head of the Department of Naval Research uh, Department of Naval Analysis overseeing the development of the nuclear sub during the Cold War. Wow. Uh, we didn't talk much at home. Uh, and uh, we went to church. We uh, worked on the weekend. That's where I got my uh, carpentry school skills. Uh, we did work on the weekend, but we never talked. Hmm. And uh, when I wanted to, to go to college, uh, I wanted to go far, far away. And uh, <laughs> that's how I got to Ohio. And uh, spent uh, too many years in Ohio. I uh, went to school there uh, my freshman year. It was like, uh, God, God, uh, just let me see everything that was available. Uh, first night there, I was in a room full of uh, six guys, and the bag of hash came out and a water pipe. And, and I thought, mm, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and, uh, so the next couple weekends, I got drunk, uh, and I really didn't want to do that. Um, but all the time, I was seeing guys on my dorm floor that were different. And they had a, a love and acceptance and a grace about them that, that was attractive. Hmm. And even though I grew up in the church. Now these weren't the I guys offering the hash, were they? No, they oh, weren't. Okay. Uh, those were the other guys. They did that the year before. <laughs> um, um, yeah, that, that was just attractive. So one night I went to a uh, coffee house and a guy was singing, uh, sharing his faith, talking. And uh, he said, the reason why Jesus died was for sin for your sin, for my sin. And I, you know, I grew up in church. Hmm. I won't tell you what denomination, um, but I never heard that before. Now hmm. they may have said it, but I never heard it. Yeah. And when I heard that, it's like, okay, now I have a decision. Uh, I, I decide what I do with it and how do I live my life? You know what I love uh, about and, that, Clark, is, um, you know, the stereotypical is uh, somebody's going through a hard time and somebody shares their faith or somebody goes to a church and they hear a preacher and they, you know, but you are a college kid in a coffee shop when you hear the real gospel, right? Yeah. Yeah. And God creative. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very. But uh, that night I gave my life to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, for some reason, this shy, introverted guy, said, Lord, if you ever give me an opportunity to share my faith or talk about you, I'm going to do it. And that's why I'm on this uh, podcast with you, because <laughs> God gave me an opportunity to share it. Praise the Lord. Uh, so uh, from there, it was kind of fun. Uh, those guys on my dorm room um, and I met for lunch every day, and we studied the Bible and prayed. Hmm. And that was my first exposure to discipleship. Yeah. Um, and my, my thirst for God uh, was incredible. Uh, my thirst for the Word of God was incredible. Uh, I just, uh, I read ferociously. And I'd never, um, confession, except for a cat in the hat book and a golden book, I never finished a book before. <laughs> I always went to the cliff notes. Right. Well, here I went and I started reading ferociously the Word of God. Um, well, sad to oh. say that your situation is unusual. Most people don't come to Christ and then are discipled immediately like that, uh, which is why this podcast and the ministries that we're doing is, um, I think, so important because we don't 
hear that kind of story much. We hear more of the people prayed to God, and it's more like Pat, Pat Morley, mm. come to faith and then wish that somebody would disciple you, but you fell right into that. Thank, thank goodness. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, definitely. And that was, a, I think, the lifesaver for me. Um, as a result, I picked up a religion minor and uh, then discovered a religion major wasn't too many more credit hours and I needed the electives anyway. So with my radio and television degree, I also have a religion degree. And uh, a year into uh, religious broadcasting, I decided to go back to seminary. And uh, from there, spent nine, 10, 13 years in the pastoral ministry. Yeah. And then uh, kind of in a wilderness from then to now. Now, all that was uh, in Ohio. Most of that was in Ohio. After uh, seminary, I went to Pennsylvania, uh, spent nine years pastoring in Pennsylvania, okay. and then came back to Ohio to, to pastor. I got you. Well, it sounds, um, it sounds like a dream come true for a lot of Christian men. Um, you come to faith, you get discipled, you immediately get this deep Christian education, and then everything works out right. Is that the way <laughs> it happened? Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> the reason why I took a short break for pastoral ministry is that uh, pastoring is hard. Yeah. Um, did I hear an amen from you, Mark? Amen, amen. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I took a short break in 92, yeah. and uh, then I entered back into the full-time ministry in, in 2012 with Man in the Mirror. Um, but I just I needed time to, to hide and heal for a while, and uh, neither my wife or I hide and heal very well. So the <laughs> church that we went to, we started discipling, I started discipling youth and did that for 15 years uh, until I... I just, I wasn't getting through to the youth anymore. So you weren't really taking a break from your faith. Or no, you, no. You, no, you were just taking a break from the pastoral profession. From the pastoral profession, pastoral, pastor. Uh, yeah, in, in fact, Mark, um, I think that God was giving me an opportunity to see what being a faithful believer of outside the ministry was like. Uh, how, do you, how do you wake up and be at a job at six o'clock in the morning? And still have time to to get get centered in God in the morning. Hmm. How do you share your faith in in work uh, when you have to produce and somebody's watching over your shoulder to do that? Mm -hmm. So unique opportunities. Um, and uh, yeah, how many stories do you want there? <laughs> um, what did you learn during that time? Uh, Clark, that would be helpful for our listeners. Um, you are in the church world, the ministry world, and then now you're um, by your own choice, choosing to go take a secular job and yet maintain your this this discipling approach to life. We call it the Great Commission lifestyle here. Yeah. yeah. Um, what would you say is one of the greatest lessons that you took away from that season of life? I think the first lesson was, um, and I didn't really realize it until afterwards, but in the pastorate, I think that I, my my whole Christian life was geared to how I would share on Sunday morning. You know, and my preparation would be for my devotions would be my prayer life would be for that preparation. And now all of a sudden that wasn't there. I still had my faith. This, the word of God was still important to me. So mm -hmm. I started uh, I started spending time with God for me, for for daily uh, growth mm -hmm. rather than for preparation to share somewhere else. So I think that's when I grew even more. Uh, when it became more personal, uh, much like it was when I was first uh, first uh, on this journey, and it was personal. Did it, it bring back some of the joy of your salvation, like David prays? Uh, I think so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
Yeah. You reminded me of a uh, an analogy from Bernard of Clairvaux. I don't know if you've heard um, about his canal versus reservoir, uh, but I see a lot of pastors that deal with that, um, this canal approach to ministry. You know, a canal is a body of water designed to take one thing from one place to another. So many pastors, like you said, are, are studying scripture and so they have something on Sunday to preach or something in their devotion to share or something, yep. whatever. And they feel like they're just kind of taking God to people and people to God and transporting. But Clairvaux said, uh, Bernard said that if we treat our spiritual life more like a reservoir and we keep it filled, then from the overflow of that, you know, water flows to the villages and people uh, are, are quenched. But so many ministers I know um, burn out um, be, because of that one do. thing. It's easy to do. Yeah. Um, and I, I like Pat Morley. Uh, I, I like Pat Morley. But I like one thing that he said recently was that uh, we, we serve God the best when we serve him out of the overflow, not out of the need. Mm-hmm. Because if we flow, uh, serve God out of the need, uh, we'll, never get, we'll never get satisfied. But if we spend time with God to the point where um, we're being refreshed and experiencing uh, life with a relationship with him, then, then we can serve God. Then we relate out of the overflow. Yeah. Not out of the need. Well, I really like that too. I mean, it's the same kind of principle, isn't it? That yeah, reservoir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I don't have some, if I'm not filled, I can't. It's that oxygen mask on the airplane, isn't it? I always think yeah. those stewardesses are so mean. You know, why would I put it on me and before my kid? Well, if you don't put it on you, you won't be able to put it on your kid. Right? Yeah, you know, it goes back to to Jesus saying, "What's the, the greatest commandment? To love the Lord God uh, your, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then serve others." Uh, love others as you love yourself. Yeah. Well, we forget that we've got to love ourselves. And part of loving ourselves is taking time to be uh, refreshed in God, in God's presence. Um, yeah. You know, we, we just try to give and give and give and, and think, why, why is this so empty? Mm-hmm. But if we receive from God, then we can, like I said, serve out of the overflow. For more information, check out our website, 419disciplemakers.org. Join us again next week as we continue our conversation on the 419 Disciple Makers podcast.